Hey, Alexa, what crap did John Hicks say this week on the radio? I'm sure I don't want to hear it, but I'm interested to find out. Helping you solve the retirement puzzle. Welcome to The Retirement Solution with John Hicks. Here with John Hicks, I'm Jennifer Perry. We'd love to hear from you here on the Retirement Solution Podcast. You can always drop us an email with any questions for John at retirementsolutionradio.com. And here on the Retirement Solution, we do not have any secrets on how to win your bracket challenge. Most of us, we've already failed at that already in round you, you one. You would not want any secrets on how to win a bracket championship <laughs> nope. for me. I promise you. <laughs> but a lot of our listeners were surprised to find out one of the secrets that you shared on a recent show with us, John. And so today we're going to really dive into some of the secrets that maybe you don't understand about saving, investing for retirement. But I want to bring up the first secret that you shared with us a couple of weeks ago because we got a lot of calls and questions about this particular one. It really is about taxes because if you think about it, say you save that magic million-dollar number that the industry throws out at us that you should have to save for retirement. If you think that you're a millionaire because you have that in your 401ks or your IRAs, you're actually not. I mean, 320000 of that could go away just to taxes. So what's the secret to fixing this problem that a lot of retirement savers find themselves in today, John? You know, it's one of those unfortunate situations that we find ourselves in. You know, we've been told all these years, save money, save money, save money, save money. And a lot of us did it you know, consistently. We did it well. We did it over time. Sure, there were ups and downs, but as you're looking at that 401k or that IRA statement and you're thinking, man, you know, it's been hard. You know, I've had some ups and downs, but here's what I got. Half a million bucks, 700,000, a million dollars. And you're thinking to yourself, if you've you've saved that million bucks, man, I'm a millionaire. Mm -hmm. I am a millionaire. But unfortunately, we're not. Ooh. Hmm. Hold on for a minute. Hold on for a minute. No, what, now, people get ticked off when I say this, but this is, the, this is the problem. The problem is, is that we do not own that entire 401k or traditional IRA account. Unfortunately, we have a little secret partner in that. That special partner, that secret partner is Uncle Sam. Mm-hmm. Because whether we like it or not, if we pulled that million dollars out, we do not get to keep every dollar of that, do we? Ah, no, we don't. So we got to pay our silent business partner, Uncle Sam. And like we've already discussed on the show before, Uncle Sam is broke. Not only the federal Uncle Sam, but the state government, our state Uncle Sam, or let's call him uh, Uncle Jimmy. Uncle Jimmy, <laughs> Uncle Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy, I'm Uncle Jimmy. <laughs> and so Uncle Sam and Uncle Jimmy, <laughs> who we're going to call uh, for our state government here, they essentially do not have enough money to pay the bills. And they look at that big whopping account statement that we get. They get one, too. And they know and they're licking their chops that they're going to have a certain piece of that pie. Federal government, if you pulled out that million dollars, there's a great chance you're going to have to give nearly 40% of it up to Uncle Sam. Wow. What? And then Uncle Jimmy's going to say, hey, if you're giving some to Sammy, you got to give some to Jimmy. Gimme, gimme. I'm Jimmy. And so the next thing you know, we're looking at, man, I had a million dollars. No, you didn't. You had 600000 or 700000 You weren't owed the other portion that belonged to the government. And no matter how many times I teach this stuff, no matter how many times I speak in groups of people about this, no matter how many radio stations we get onto, the one thing that everyone has told me is that they think we already pay too much in taxes. Yeah. They already pay too much. Thank God the GOP did this tax break, John, because I have been paying through the nose. I cannot believe that we're paying this much. And here's where I'm going to unfortunately shed a little light on this, throw a little shade on, <laughs> on, on an unfortunate situation here. So although everyone says 
tax rates are way too high. You have to go back. Not very far, guys. A lot of you out there were not only alive during this period of time, you were actually doing things, maybe even working during this period of time. But between 1960 to 1963, you have to understand the lowest tax rate in the federal tax structure was 26%. Oh, wow. And if you had been retired during that period of time, chances are you would have been paying in retirement the marginal tax rate of 26 to 38% federal alone. Wow. Now, here's what I want you to understand. At that point in time, our government did not have nearly the debt that it currently has. And what we have to understand that today, in this day and age, if you're retired or you're about to retire, and you think you're going to be in the 24% tax bracket, if you're fortunate enough because you've saved over a million bucks, or maybe you got a pension plus your Social Security, you're going to have over $100,000 coming in in retirement, there's a good chance you're going to be in the 24% current tax bracket. But since our government's broke, do we not think that they would go back and go back to old tax codes, go back to old numbers? I think they absolutely have to. And this is the unfortunate part. So we know in 2025, the current tax rates will expire and we go back to the old tax code. But guys, those didn't make the numbers work either. Mm -hmm. My biggest fear is that we're going to go back to a period of time when we were more solvent, like 1960s, and we may actually institute a tax. And when you're in retirement, you won't be paying 10% or 12% or 24%. My biggest fear, because there is historical precedence, guys, they've already done it, that we could be paying up to 26 to 38% at the lowest tax rate. So that, congratulations, Mr. Miss Smith. You had $10,000 of total income. Give us $2,600 to $3,800 on that amount of money. Ugh. Now, let me ask you real quickly. If we're thinking about how do we make our retirement work, here's the secret. We cannot make our retirement work if the government comes and confiscates our dollars. They already have started talking about this. Yeah, they're, they're not already keeping this going a secret. To do it. Yeah. No, they're not keeping this a secret. I don't know why we have our heads in the sand like a bunch of ostriches. Because you know what ostriches do when they stick their head in the sand? What is exposed? Uh, their rear. Their backside. <laughs> and that's what they're going to come take out first. Because they take them out at the flanks. <laughs> Uncle Jimmy, you take the flanks. I'm going to cane him. Cane him in the back <laughs> with, uh, with Uncle Sam's stick here. No, but but they're going to come and they're going to take our money. So the secret here, what we have to understand is we have an opportunity right now and it will maximum last for six more years. Maximum. After that point in time, the current tax laws expire and we go back to whatever Franken beast they're going to put in there. My fear is it's going to be a larger tax system. But we have an opportunity to shuffle money from tax-deferred accounts into tax-free accounts. And we know for a fact that if we do that, we will probably pay the lowest tax rates we will ever pay in the future. Not only that, we can eliminate tax fears in the future. Because, Jennifer, if you're in the 0% tax rate, what happens if tax rates double? What's two times zero? Uh, Zero. (laughs) Ooh, what if they triple tax rates? What's three times zero? Zero. Boom. And so that's why this is so important mathematically. Not only can you know that you're paying the lowest tax rate ever, at some point in time, if they double tax rates, two times zero is still zero, guys. And lastly, and here's the big one, if you can eliminate taxes on Social Security, you can potentially put between a and $300,000 of tax savings into your pocket by not paying taxes on Social Security. So we have a choice. The secret is it's voluntary. Many of us, many of us do not have to pay those higher tax rates in the future if we structure our affairs correctly today. So the secret is you got to get off your backsides and you got to actually do something about it. The government will not do it for us. That's our personal responsibility and we got to do it. But if we can, shouldn't we? Yes, that is patriotism at its best. Have questions for John? 
drop us an email at retirementsolutionradio.com. But up next today, I want to talk about some of the secrets of investing because I think we look to people like maybe Warren Buffett for answers on what makes them so successful. And I was really excited when he was on PBS. Yes, I watched PBS. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I just sure. gave you a no, secret here on the Retirement Solution this weekend. I don't know but, if I would have let that one out of the bag, but, <laughs> but I okay. just did. Sorry. But uh, I did come across this interview where he talked about his secret of success. I was expecting big things, but here's what he said, John. So what's the secret? The secret is to find what you love to do. I mean, I tell the students, you know, look for the job that you would take if you didn't need a job. I mean, it's that simple. And I was lucky enough to find it very early in life. And then the second thing is to have people around you that make you feel good every day and make you a better person than you otherwise would be. I have more fun doing this than anything else I can think of in the world. And I've seen a lot of other things you could do in the world. I thought the sentiment was pretty sweet here, but I was hoping for his investing secrets, John. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people do. I, I, I think that so many people talk about Warren Buffett. You know, I was talking to my, my neighbor the other day, Cletus, and he has a very different concept. <laughs> he, he doesn't even know that the guy's name is Warren Buffett. And I was talking to him the other day. What, what, do we have that piece that Cletus did the other day when uh, I was talking yeah, to him? Yeah, let me hit play on this. You know, John, when I'm talking about investing, I like to do what Warren Buffet does. You know, that gentleman <laughs> out there that made all his money off the Sizzlers and all the, the Golden Corrals? You know, the Buffet guy. But he, man, he invests in the greatest stocks ever. Uh, that's why he's made so much money. Do you hear that ridiculousness? This is my neighbor, guys. This is Cletus at his finest form, Warren Buffet. Yeah, see my point? You know, but, but he, he made a couple interesting points. He said, man, I, I, what he was talking about is like we have these gurus out there like Warren Buffett or whoever they are. The amazing thing is Warren Buffett only has a handful of rules on investing. But the, the thing that I want everyone to understand is that people that own mutual funds that talk about Warren Buffett and he's done this and that. You know, Warren Buffett does not own one singular mutual fund. Huh. In his entire portfolio, not and one. Yet the majority of us do. Look, look at every single one of those ads out there that talk about the crap they're going to sell you, and they talk about you know Warren Buffett this and Warren Buffett that. And Warren Buffett does not own one singular mutual fund in his entire portfolio. Yet that's the crap they're selling us. You know, there's almost so much to go into. I don't want to get into too much detail, but the whole reason that we can do these things now and that Buffett does not even own mutual funds is because of the fees. The new technology that's out there allows us to harness the best things that those funds would have given us at a fifth to even a tenth of the cost. Hmm. And that's what most people need to consider. If you have more than $500,000 invested in mutual funds, you're being nickeled and dimed to death. You're not even aware of it. It's like the death by a thousand cuts. So that's part of the issue. And, And the other thing is that people talk about Warren Buffett selecting stocks, picking stocks. Guys, he does not pick stocks. He buys out whole companies. He buys out companies and he tells them what to do. So the amazing thing is, is we talk about secrets of investing. One of the biggest secrets is don't have gurus. Do not have gurus. What Warren Buffett actually said, not as a guru, but as a real person was, hey, do what you like and be surrounded by people that make you feel good. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about that, if you kept that as a central uh, motive in your life, I would say that you'd probably be very successful. That's what he's doing. So whether people look at him as the Dalai Lama of investing or whatever they do, what they say uh, that he does and what he actually does are very different. What I love is what he actually said, what is, hey, have fun, uh, do what Mm -hmm. you enjoy doing and and make sure that, uh, that you're surrounded by people that you love. But I do want to talk about one of the things that he has said repeatedly that really does need to get some lip service. When it comes to investing, here's one of his secrets. There are only two rules. Of all investing, there are essentially two rules that everything boils down to. Rule number one, 
is to never lose money. And okay. rule number two is to never forget rule number one. And here's the thing. There's probably no more truth to this than as we age, we really need to abide by this, right? Yeah. It's more important that we just make sure whatever we've saved, we can hold on to. And not as important that we grow it, you know, to the moon and back. And so when it comes down to that, I think that's very important. So that was one thing that he said that I thought was pretty good uh, when it comes to being a successful investor. Uh, Another thing that we found, though, is, and here's what really breaks it down. And I talk about this in the classes I teach all the time. People focus on, you know, Warren Buffett or Warren Buffet, <laughs> Buffet. as Cletus, Cletus calls him, terms, whatever, yeah. Whatever, yeah, whatever. And by the way, George, as far as I'm aware of, Warren Buffett has never owned uh, Sizzler stock. Or, <laughs> yeah, or, we should put or, the disclaimer or, or, or out Golden there. Corral. Yeah, yeah I, I'm pretty sure he didn't didn't do any of the feeding troughs there. Hey, <laughs> although they're delicious, they do are. not get me wrong. They are. <laughs> but I think one of the biggest things that we have to understand is who are really the greatest investors that invest like we would want to. And if you look at the world's greatest investors out there, believe it or not, it's not Carl Icahn or Mark Cuban, who owns the Mavericks, and he, he sold a bunch of businesses. He's on the Shark Tank. It's not even any of those other guys on the Shark Tank. The world's greatest investors, believe it or not, are endowments of college universities hmm. and insurance companies. Those are the two best investors when you look at how should a retiree invest. And here's the reason why. They generally create a very good rate of return long-term. And what do I mean by good rate of return? They actually beat the broad uh, S&P stock market wow. over time. But that's not the main thing. They do it often with only 20 to 30% of the risk of the broad stock market. Now, that is the real test right there, guys. That is the most important part. It's not how much money you make. It's how much are you risking to make whatever you choose to make. And this is simple. If you think about it, so you own a CD at the bank. Great. So you're taking essentially zero risk. And that's why we get not necessarily always great returns. No, mm-hmm. CD rates have gotten slightly better. I mean, a lot of my clients, we're still doing CD laddering and getting about, you know, two and a half to three and a half percent, all less than one year on CD. So there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good use of money for that you want liquidity on. But if you want to take a little bit more risk, what do you do? Well, that's where most people play the stock market. They buy mutual funds or exchange traded funds or, or take their pick at individual stocks. But if you look at the Yale endowment, which has been been written a ton about, but if you look at the Yale Endowment, who's run by David Swinson, David Swinson has averaged better than 19% a year wow. for 24 years of the Yale Endowment. That's amazing. The amazing thing to me is that he's done this with less than half of the risk of the S&P 500. Huh. And so one of the things that this breaks down in my mind, and it should break it down into all our minds, is that risk does not necessarily equal reward at all. Now, the one question I want us to all think about one real quick second is, why do these guys do this? You know, why are they going for less risk? Well, simply think about it. If you're Yale, whether you make money that year in your portfolio, you still got to pay professors, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. And you still got to pay for property, uh, plant and equipment, maintenance. Someone's still got to mow the lawns. Someone still has to stripe the football fields. Now, I know that Yale doesn't have a great (laughs) They don't have to worry too much about that, (laughs) but... but They still got to stripe it for no one to watch. It doesn't make any difference that anyone watches. It's that it has to be striped and that costs money. So whether they make money or lose money that year on their portfolio, they still have to spend money, guys. 
This is exactly what we have in retirement. Yeah. Whether we make or lose money in the market or in our annuities and our stocks or mutual funds or whatever we make it or lose it in, we still have to spend money to live. There are either still for bills income, to pay. Right? Yes. Bingo. And so that's why we started looking at this. So endowments and insurance companies. And if you really look at it, if you really want to break it down, Berkshire Hathaway, which is the company that Warren Buffett owns, essentially, he's the, the CEO and the chairman of, of, of Berkshire Hathaway. It owns 11 different insurance companies. Why? Because they all make money consistently. Each and every year, those companies know they're going to have to spend money on death claims or spend money on property and casualty or someone had a flood and they got to pay them out. But they consistently earn positive results. That's why he owns so many of them, all the way from Geico to Mutual of Omaha to all those companies. He owns those guys. Mm -hmm. And because of that, he has consistent returns and he's done quite well. So people have kind of gotten a little bit backward about what he says and what he does and how he actually does it. But we can learn from that. The secret is, is that in this day and age, there are no shortcuts to having a good investment strategy. But you have to understand as we age, it's not about taking less risk. It's being more consistent with the returns that we get that even if the markets fall off a cliff, that you can still take the income you need so you can stay retired. And we can all do this now. The technological tools that have come out, the way that we can monitor portfolios, the way that we can create strategies is so much better than it's ever been. We finally have the ability at the levels that we're all at, we finally have the ability to do some of the things that they've been using at Yale and they've been using at these endowments. They can eliminate or severely reduce risk, unbelievably low risk, and still get very attractive returns. What are attractive returns? Between 6 and 11% long term, depending on what you want to invest and how you need the income to come. So that's the main thing. The secret here is, is that there are no shortcuts, but don't look at gurus. Learn and understand what you can do to eliminate as much down side risk as you can, but still get better than average returns. That's called alpha. If you're actually looking at the technical terminology, but the main thing is, it's going to give us the omega, the end result we're looking for. If you have questions about some of these secrets that we've shared today, we're going to tell you how to connect with us in just a moment. But you can also come back next week, too. We're going to share more secrets when it comes to the world of life insurance, all the different options that are out there today. And how do you create that paycheck for yourself in retirement? The secret to doing just that. It's next week here on The Retirement Solution with John Hicks. Seeking out the retirement solution that works for you? Seek us out online at retirementsolutionradio.com. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if John Hicks is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagen Capital Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through John Hicks, Kentucky Insurance License Number 998827.